Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Bator of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are talking about the death fakeouts in Star Trek The Next Generation. If we had like sound bites, that's what we'd play. <laughs> yeah, we're a very anti sound bite unless it's for toasting women. I would like to propose a toast. Yeah, that's the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Only when we toast women we can have a sound bite. Otherwise, it's strictly legal. Rihanna and I talked about that years ago when we first started the pod. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We are on episode two of Death Fake Outs talking about the next generation and it's just hilarious because i feel like we're watching a completely i mean we are watching a completely different show but i feel like we just watched completely different episodes for these death fake outs like very very different vibe from the original series yeah which is so surprising to me because i feel like on paper death fake outs is a pretty simple method you know yeah. it's like all right kill them bring them back <laughs> yeah but like we said last episode, they always find new ways to bring them back or kill them, but also new reactions from each crew. So I'm really excited that we get to explore how everyone reacts to these death fakeouts, depending on the series, because it's so different. It is so different. That is a great point, Rihanna. Also, I just want to note that this is a much longer series than the original series. Obviously, we have seven seasons rather than three and I feel like they keep about the same ratio of death yeah. fakeouts per uh, Star Trek series. We had a mm -hmm. ton in TOS. Actually, let me grab the number. Yeah, so we had 10 death fakeout episodes in the original series. And that's compared to 13 in The Next Generation. So I guess I take it back wow. a little bit. Like, the ratio does not stay the same. Mm -hmm. But... I, I think it's a good idea to spread these episodes out a little more so you have a couple per season and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I think it can cause that whiplash like we were talking about of us just watching them back to back. But also, I feel like for the next generation, it's very different in like the characterization of how the crew works together. And so the, the reactions and like the way that they do the death fakeouts are just so different. So I'm really excited to talk about this today, Ashlyn. Oh yeah, and especially because the depth that we're getting from all these characters is a lot different. Um, yeah. More surface level emotions from original series, more, well, some characters I just remain the same yeah. <laughs> in next gen. Um, totally. But before we dive too deeply into it, Rihanna, I wanna ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Which death from this crew would be the most impactful if it was permanent? Well, this is just I know. I mean, <laughs> wait, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we were on the Patreon. Uh, this is just freaking rude. I hate this answer or this question, and I'm going to hate it next season or next episode. It only gets worse, to be honest. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, thanks. <laughs> um, so, uh, my obvious answer is data, but because spoiler alert data is dead by the end of the movies i'm actually i'm gonna go with someone who obviously like didn't die and i didn't feel that impact um and I, it's gonna be Worf actually 
because when I watched all of these Worf, like, death fake-out episodes and just thinking about Worf as a character, and also getting to watch Worf react to all of the deaths of his, or the supposed deaths of his crewmates, was really, like, beautiful and something I didn't really recognize of, like, what a gap there is in the series without Worf, you know? And it makes me think of those early episodes of Deep Space Nine even without Worf and how, like, they're great, but they're just so different in flavor and Worf brings something to the table that no one else can. I don't know. I was just really feeling the Worf love. And, like, I would be really, really messed up, I think, if Worf uh, was a permanent death. Yeah, Worf really brings the flavor of blood wine to the table. <laughs> you mean prude juice. Oh, yeah, you're right. Prude juice. <laughs> it's a warrior's drink. Yes. <laughs> Rihanna, How about you, Ashley? Yeah, that's a great answer. And Worf did cross my mind as I'm kind of filtering through all these characters for me, I think on a personal level, Picard's death would be absolutely tragic and oh, I yeah. would not recover. Yeah. Um, but I think on behalf of the crew, the death that would be most impactful actually is Riker's. Um, he doesn't get a death fake out in no, any of these not. episodes. Riker is cool as a cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> he actually gets more of himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He gains a, a member of his being. <laughs> That sounds a little weird. sexual. <laughs> member. Um, yeah, I just feel like Riker is, I, I don't know. So like Picard, like the, just because of the dynamic of Picard and Riker as captain and first officer, I feel like com- like between the two, Riker is a little bit more beloved among the crewmates because he's always playing poker with people and he's messing yeah. around with the ensigns and he's... Um, I don't know. He really connects with people very deeply and and also with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And Picard, it would be sad, obviously. Like, he's such a great man, his legacy. But I don't feel like he has as many personal connections. And so it wouldn't quite, like, cripple a crew as yeah. much as if Riker died. Also, Riker is just this image of strength and stability. And so it seems Absolutely. shocking to think that anything could happen to him. I hope it never does ever that ever. I'm alive. <laughs> what does Riker say? No, I'll live forever. Exactly. I mean, so Jonathan, Frank, Jonathan Franks has kind of taken the role as just dad to Star Trek all dad. of Star Trek. Yeah, so literally both the actor and the character are so loved. Oh, Ashley, that was really beautiful. I love that answer. And it is weird to think of like our TNG crew with missing members because, ow. Pain. yeah there's there's such a good team and i think you yeah. know i think i was thinking about will wheaton always talking about that um like closeness and i really feel like with these death fake out episodes you can kind of see like the actors bleeding through sometimes yeah. i know i loved getting to see wesley here in some of these episodes and like yeah because will wheaton said that at the admission chicago he, he was asking people or asking jonathan franks once like hey were we actually like a family or was i just projecting like when i was young and Jonathan Franks was like, no, we were a family. And, like, we still are. And I was just, like, crying at the panel. I'm like, ah, oh, that's really, really cool. Because you're right, it does really bleed through. Yeah. Thank you, Rena. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Was your, it was your story. It wasn't yeah. something I read on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we are going to talk about these episodes here. And uh, we're going to start with Relics. Because... You guys forgot, but Scotty has a fake-out death, and it's yes. not in the original series. Um, then we are going to be going on to Next Phase with Jordy and Roe. 
And then on to Worf, he's got a ton. We're going to talk about Hide and Q, Ethics, Transfigurations, and Eye of the Beholder. Uh, and then Wesley, briefly, in um, <laughs> in Hide and Q. We're going to, because him and Worf have a <laughs> bad time in that episode. They both <laughs> die. Um, yeah. And then we're going to move on to Data and talk about the most toys, To Thine Own Self, and Time's Arrow. And then we're moving on to the whole crew in Cause and Effect. And lastly, we will be ending with Tapestry. Of course, with Picard. You were probably waiting for that episode to come up. So yeah, we're going to end with it today. Brilliant. I can't wait. (laughs) Well, Rihanna, let's talk about Relics because I wanted to have a little bit of closure from the original series. Okay, so Relics is a really interesting episode because clearly they were trying to have a cameo from a original series from the original series cast and Mm -hmm. at this point this is season six of next generation there is not a lot i mean there are some cast members left but not a lot who are willing to do an appearance and i know they got james doohan the late james doohan um Mm -hmm. you know it really has me thinking about because he in real life passed away after this uh like after this episode forrest kelly too like tng got on both yeah they passed exactly two like great cameos and mm. i wouldn't even say this is a cameo this is like a full-fledged yeah. like role he's playing and so totally. it's really interesting um and i'm sure it was really fun for the writers to think about how can we include scotty into the next generation when they have by season six like such a dynamic crew uh feeling like amongst the senior officers and Mm -hmm. and also just next generation has a very different vibe than the original series and so how do you fit in an original series character into this action and my answer is you can't and it's a weird episode (laughs) yes oh i'm glad you agree ashlyn because i have a really hard time with this episode i feel like half of it's nostalgia trap and the other half is just like awkward i don't know like it just it's awkward when he's not when scotty's not like on the holodeck on the tos bridge but it's also then like painful there watching that and so i think what really redeems this episode is his relationship with jordy and the most beautiful parts of these episodes are the cutest parts are when they're just like fangirling about the engines together because like it's so cute to see two engineers just like prattle on about the enterprise that they love. Oh yeah. In any time they can always connect over technology (laughs) and engineering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you that their relationship is really cool. And I also just wanted to add to your point, Rihanna, that Scotty in the original series, I don't think of as a very serious character. Mm -hmm. I think literally the most, like yeah the most serious we ever saw him was when he was accused of murder in wolf in the fold he (laughs) was just like i didn't do it sir he was freaking (laughs) out and so i think also we're seeing a side of scotty that we've never really seen before i know in the movies he has some really great like one-liner somber moments you know like like with his nephew and stuff well yeah and wrath of khan i mean he does a great Mm -hmm. job um but in in this context he's really feeling grief and loss and like feeling left out and out of place like like he's yeah, a relic in this episode out of time. Yeah. yeah and so i think i'm like kind of let down by this episode because i want to see scotty having fun and mm-hmm. uh enjoying life and just jumping yeah. in but he's really i mean he's 
literally stuck in the past, you know, mentally. And so I I do think that his scenes with Picard are really, really special in this scene. Before I elaborate, I also just want to give like a quick plot. It starts out with the Enterprise. Yeah, so they encounter a Dyson Sphere, which to my understanding, maybe Rihanna, you have like better... Nope. Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, it was something like a... It's like a sphere, basically, that is man-made, or we're so limited by our language here, that's like being made, and it can surround like a whole sun, and theoretically like harness the energy of the sun, but also they talked about there was like planets living in there, so maybe, I don't like, it seems like they (laughs) would like burn each other up, but, um, so I don't know, but, so that's what the Enterprise is investigating, they don't know either what the heck's going on. Yeah. And they find that there's a shuttle that's crashed on the sphere. And it turns out that it was a shuttlecraft from the USS Janolin, which mm-hmm. went missing like 87 years ago. Uh, when Riker and Geordi, I believe, beam down to the shuttle, they find mm-hmm. that there is a pattern buffer yeah. at like 99.98% yeah. complete. And so they beam it up Z- and it's point Scotty. Zero, zero, 0.003 degradation on the buffer. Boom, like that's amazing. That 75 years? That's probably a- like his hair is a little shorter or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lost a white blood cell. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Scotty is fully intact in the buffer. To him, they, he just went in like a second ago. Crazy. Um, and also his friend Franklin didn't Poor make Franklin. it really sad. And also I feel mm. like kind of a red shirt nod. Totally. A little bit. Um, just like, I think his signal had degraded like 50% or something awful. Yeah, something terrible. So like what came back didn't live long, you know. Yeah, I was thinking about which picture as well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Well, and oh. I, so I feel like it's so fitting to have Scotty being stuck in a transporter buffer because mm-hmm. that was, he was, that's like one of the things he was really known for on the show yeah. is he was always beaming people up and fixing the transporter and the whole, yeah. the famous saying, Scotty beam me up, you know? Totally. So it's like a, so it's ironic. Like weird, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a weird thing they did to be like, haha, Scotty, you know about him from transporters. Here, let's get him stuck in one. I'm like, no, let's not traumatize Scotty, please. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just rough. It's hard seeing him out of time and hard seeing him like get stuck, you know? And so this is why I do like the fact that he gets he stumbles across Enterprise D. I think that that really helps him and helps the crew to sort of like I don't know. I mean, this helps Jordy to have this sort of, this person that he can really just, kind of like Data, you know, he can just speak to and they'll know exactly. Or he he's probably excited to show Scotty all of his, like, refurbishments and all of the changes they've made and everything. So, um, I do love his send-off, too. I think that this is really beautiful. And I, ha- I have no idea this happened. I'd only seen this episode once when we were watching as kids, Ashlyn. So I literally, like, thought he died or, like, saved someone. And I, w- I was definitely wrong, though, thankfully. Yeah, that was my memory, too, was that Scotty actually died at the end. Or I yeah. thought maybe he was going to, like, choose to go back in the buffer or choose to, like, <laughs> oh, or, or, like, beam himself into space, honestly. <gasps> That's what I Jesus. thought. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he is so grumpy in this episode. He's having a hard time, and yeah. I think that's the other reason I really like. I want to love it, and I, mm-hmm. I think it is a a great like. A, I don't know. It's a great like tribute to James Doohan and the whole mm-hmm. character. But he has such boomer energy yeah. that it's really hard to watch. He's saying like, "Oh, like I was." 
fixing warp nacelles before you were in diapers, laddie. Like, very yeah. condescending, very, right. like, old man yelling at Cloud energy. Mm-hmm. And I I know it's because he's going through this, like, really, really hard ordeal. So yeah. I am cutting him some slack. And I'm just glad totally. he had that moment with Picard at the end. Yes. Because Picard is so respectful to him. Yes. And he's the only one really honoring who Scotty is. I mean, can you yeah. imagine if this was Kirk who came out of the buffer? Oh Everyone would be like bowing, bowing. and freaking yeah. out, you know? Like, <laughs> totally. and so Scotty is just as famous for mm-hmm. his deeds, like, but he d- hasn't necessarily like passed the test of time. Yeah. Um, and I think also because he ended up. He didn't up, have the time. Yeah. Yeah, he was going, he got, he went missing. So he's like, you know, missed a huge chunk of his life. Yeah. Um, and so. I just I feel so bad for Scotty but I feel like Picard is actually the perfect character to sit down and listen to him because he loves history and um, he's fascinated by this and I I think the way that it ended with them also sharing the scotch was really really great and yeah I it made me respect Picard in a new way too because I didn't even know he liked scotch like I've never seen him drink anything but tea (laughs) <laughs> in my yeah. memory so I was and wine and yeah. wine yeah so it made me happy to see because that's that's such a love language for Scotty is like getting shit totally. fake, getting like completely wasted yeah. <laughs> with his friends and so I'm <laughs> totally. glad he got to have that with Picard agreed and like another captain of the Enterprise and I think there is something really special about that because it puts Scotty instantly at ease that he's back on the Enterprise you know but I think it also then adds to the like disorientation of of this episode for him you know so i'm glad that he leaves at the end like i'm glad that he gets to go out on his own journey and like go and discover himself and become the scotty we know and love again and i hope that's what he does okay and also i mean this leaves a huge gigantic door open for the adventures of scotty Scotty in (laughs) in this time which is something i never thought i would say lower decks lower yeah honestly like (laughs) like stumble across discovery could do something too you know like maybe he gets caught in another buffer (laughs) i'm saying i mean (laughs) well prodigy also already did sound bites of james duhan so they could easily do some more just saying yeah so he's like one of the few like actually possibly living characters from the original series that's very exciting yes so much potential yes um okay so now this is probably gonna be like the thing or this is the next segment is something i've been so excited to talk about all day long and that is the episode (laughs) next phase with jordy and ro having their death fake out Okay, Ashlyn. This is also one of the episodes I've been most excited to watch because it is just next level amazing. (laughs) Um, So Ashlyn and I have quite a history with this episode because um, we had come back from hiking a 14er or something. We were tired and just were like, wanted to chill and watch an episode of Star Trek, had no idea what we wanted to watch. And I think we like randomized it or something. Yeah. And it was this episode, the next phase. And it truly like changed the way I look at Jordy <laughs> and his character. Because he <laughs> gets to just be like his whole crazy amazing self in this episode. And Ash and I were cracking up for days about him, like, walking through walls and panels and how Ro, like, politely goes behind people and is like, thanks for the ride, you know? And Jordy's just walking through conduits. I think the thing that 
just surprises me the most is how quickly he acclimates to yes. walking through the walls. <laughs> because Ro, like you said, Rihanna, she's just acting like she's all good with the crew, mm-hmm. going through things, or like not going through things, um, yeah. getting places the normal way that she's used to. Yeah. And Jordy says, F that. Like, I don't want to <laughs> take the stairs. I'm going through the wall to get Literally. to this place. It's really amazing. I mean, it's efficient, and it does get the job done. But before we get more into that, um, I can explain the plot a little bit. Oh, thanks. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the Romulans are in a distress call. They have a distress call, and Enterprise goes and picks it up, and they are dealing with some, like, reactor or something. And Jordy and Roe are beamed over, along with Riker and some other people, and they go over to fix fix it and they're beaming over with the device that'll help them fix whatever needs fixing and they just don't reappear and so this is your classic death fake out i feel like this is one of the like quintessential ways and easiest ways to do a death fake out is the transporter um and so, so this is number two of transporter fake yeah. out death in tng we're two for two folks for TNG, <laughs> yeah that's incredible <laughs> Um, I don't think we even intentionally leave it to... No, we didn't. No, we didn't. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, they don't appear on either side, and the crew is, like, looking for them. They don't find their pattern, and so they assume that they're dead. And, Ashlyn, how did you feel when you, when we rewatched it or watching it for the first time, how did you feel seeing that Jordy and Roe had just died in a transporter accident? I remember being surprised, but also I didn't believe it because yeah. it's so early in the episode. It's like the first thing that happens. Yeah. They get on the Romulan ship. <laughs> Before the intro. They grab a, because um, they're beaming back the um, warp core or something, like something, something really important that the Romulans yeah. need because they're replicators offline and they can't just replicate mm-hmm. them a new one. So they have to take it back to the Enterprise because yeah. the Enterprise doesn't have the Romulan technology just in their databanks for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wonderful. so it's, it's or the I guess it's the cloaking device. I don't know. But it yeah. turns out that they were doing, the Romulans were doing experiments. Um, they were trying to combine their cloaking device with something else. Yeah, what? <laughs> and like, I don't recall. And normally I'm really good about that. But I, this episode just shakes me so much. I, I, yeah. I was having trouble focusing. Um, totally uh and so anyway yeah they're doing some experience some experiments and then the combination with the transporter beams um and the chronon crodion radiation or whatever chronon um as as rose says chromaton yeah and rose as rose says are we cloaked and jordy's like not only are we cloaked we're out of phase and i'm like oh oh, okay oh oh, you're cloaked (laughs) okay yeah oh my god just this, fantastic hilarious so i didn't believe it um rihanna did you have any doubt that they were not coming back <laughs> no because we see roe next scene yeah She's like lying down um so i'm only worried during the intro um and i do love how we sort of figure this out that they're like out of phase because we have people ignoring Roe in the hallway and she can't get through doors and stuff and so after like she got to sick bay and everyone was ignoring her I'm like okay something's really afoot here <laughs> like clearly they can't see you um 
And I just love that, like you said, I think Jordy probably immediately stood up, realized no one was noticing him, and just started, like, walking through walls. He's like, okay, I guess I'm phased. <laughs> Gotta oh, go God. do some science shit. Some science stuff. I was thinking that if I was Ro in this situation and everyone was ignoring me, yeah. I would straight up start cussing them out. Like, you totally. Like, why are you yeah. looking at me? Like, that you're being so rude right now. And then, totally. obviously, when they wouldn't respond to that, be like, okay well (laughs) here we are yeah yeah that's so true and i think it's mainly in part due to their different reactions to finding out that they're like a ghost or phased or however you want to put it because ro thinks that she's dead and that um this is her having to say goodbye to her life and Jordy thinks it's science (laughs) and so they have this like debate while they're just like in the middle of uh engineering Engineering. yeah it's Uh, so interesting though (laughs) okay my favorite line in this whole episode (laughs) is um is when they're having this debate and rose like yeah we're dead what did you expect because i didn't expect this and he's like i'm not dead bro i i'm not dead he says it over and over like we're not dead um he's he's like but my my starfleet uniform my visor do you think i'm a blind ghost with clothes (laughs) (laughs) it is truly the most magnificent line and the way that LeVar Burton delivers it is absolute perfection. Well, and I, but it's so true. Like, yeah. I, I think about, um, like, there's so many, like, in media, there are so many examples of, like, heaven being portrayed in certain ways. Yeah. And in most of them, you're, like, naked. Like, in Harry Potter, yeah. you know, Harry's, like, naked and he yeah. can, he has, his vision is great. You know, yeah. he's, like, his purest form. Mm-hmm. And so Jordy's like, bro, <laughs> I'm not going to be blind and in my Starfleet uniform yes, in heaven. I'm like, dead. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not Literally. how this works yeah so i i love both of their reactions and this brings me to another point rihanna is that uh i think no one is supposed to be fooled that they're actually dead before the freaking intro yeah like no one believes that and so yeah, it's not really the point of the episode yeah the point of the episode is more about how you deal with death and mm-hmm. also i think um how great Starfleet officers are at figuring out their situation because I mm-hmm. I really admire Jordy in this episode because he never gives up and yeah. that's something that I think really shines with so many of these Starfleet characters and why I love Starfleet because even though they're in this impossible situation Ro is doubting him she's mm-hmm. like nope we're dead because it's easier to believe that she's dead than yeah if they aren't that they can even like come back from this you know mm-hmm. and so i just love jordy in this episode for so many reasons yes. but also <laughs> like his tenacity is so impressive yes. he's like come on data come on yes. data <laughs> that is like my favorite part of the episode is when he like keeps putting his hand through consoles and data keeps scanning and he's like put it together data come on and he puts and But when Data finally closes the communicator, he's like, no, Data, you're (laughs) almost there. Um, But I love that because, yeah, even when Data gives up for the moment, Jordy keeps pushing on and reminds him, like, hey, you know something is weird here. Like, you need to figure it out. And I love that when finally they figure out, okay, or when finally Ro figures out that they're phased and not dead, 
then she's just immediately on board too she's like okay yep let's go what shenanigans do we need to do to get this done and they're like firing phasers at the funeral <laughs> like it's just really right through Riker's head I yeah. love that I love that I love when they're in the turbo lift with them and Riker's like I'll say something about Ro and um and Ro's like what what are you gonna say about me like she's like right up in front of his face it's just like I also think about how much fun this episode would have been to film and how hard it would be for me to keep a straight face, like, to pretend they're not there. Oh, my God. Especially so when Brent Spiner, Data's, like, walking through the ship trying to scan the fields, and LeVar Burton is right next to him, like, as close yeah. as possible. And he just has to act like he's alone in the hallway, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And talking to him and stuff. Yeah. Rhea, yeah. I have a question for you. Why do you think that Roe believe so easily that she's dead because she's like she's a very hardened character yeah you know? i think yeah that's true i think that it's sort of it's because of her religion it's her belief in the prophets i think guides her to that decision and the fact that like the prophets believe you have to make peace with the people around you before you die i think is was important to her and the fact and that sort of convinced her that oh I'm still in the Enterprise I need to make peace with Riker or with Picard and I love when she stands in front of Picard and says like you can't even hear me and I'm still intimidated by you and I just love that vulnerability and that moment of like wow I'm I, I'm probably dead and I'm still scared scared of like what to say around you that's so perfectly honest in that moment yeah it's cool anyway yeah I I totally agree with you I do think that I, I don't know like I feel like growing up on Bajor is really interesting I know Ro like didn't even like live a long time on Bajor but she was like mm -hmm. raised in the colonies and everything yeah. and so I feel like religion is so infused in their culture and in everything they do i mean the prophets are freaking real like they yeah. live in the wormhole you know yeah and so Although I, they don't know that until cisco reviews yeah, okay yeah that's, that's true still. so there's no proof yet but yeah. <laughs> um yeah so it's it's an interesting dynamic because no matter how i i feel like there's even some religions like that on earth like i've i'm not catholic or irish mm -hmm. catholic but i've heard of people who you know say that they're atheists and mm -hmm. they're not you know they've escaped from the church but then yeah. when it comes down to it it's like you're still you still have this like fear of god um totally. like in you i don't know again mm -hmm. i'm like i should not be talking about religion but i feel like for yeah. uh roe she is someone like that who mm -hmm. is you know like a rebel and doesn't play by the rules but yet when it comes to spiritual matters and it's like her soul she's like okay i gotta take this seriously <laughs> like yeah what did the prophets exactly. say i gotta focus you know i agree yeah she's sort of falling back on that because everything around her is telling her that she's dead except jordy <laughs> and i think jordy it's kind of similar like his his religion is science you know kind of Absolutely. similarly like yeah his teachings and everything were engineering and science and think logically about the situation and everything and he's probably worked so many times on a transporter he knows when he, there's like a phasing of some sort and so I think it's really interesting though that they both have different reactions because it's really it's a fun thing to watch and it's cool to see the two of them navigate it because I don't think Jordy's ever like belligerent or mean to her about it either you know no. he's just like no I, I, we're, we're alive yeah yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I have this freaking visor on. <laughs> We're yeah. alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's a great point. And I, I also, what I love so much about this episode, I just want to throw out that this is like in my top 10 of favorite episodes in TNG. I yeah. adore this episode. It is definitely, mm, it's so good for so many reasons. Marvelous. And some of my favorite storylines are stories like A Christmas Carol where Mm -hmm. there's some character who gets to see what other people are saying about them but they're hidden or no one knows that they're there that trope is one of my favorites because that's Mm -hmm. when you really feel when you really see people's true emotions come through that when they're speaking their mind and then the character has you know really is really deeply affected by it and so we just get hints of this throughout the episode and i really wish we could go further with everyone's emotions i think the person who was most impacted by this and showed it the best was actually data yeah um and like rose says you can it seems like he's almost human when he's talking about how Mm -hmm. he lost jordy and obviously he's not emotional from it he's taking it really seriously i mean his neuropathways had become accustomed to jordy's sensory output so That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, oh I missed yeah, you too. I feel that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that yeah. later. <laughs> time zero. Um, I feel that deeply. I loved every time Data was talking with somebody about death and about, like, their feelings in this episode. I think he really helped them. And they helped him. Like, I love his discussion with Worf um, and Riker, I believe, about funeral services and the uh, wharf is like the Klingon honor they're dead you know and um <laughs> I think Riker or someone is or or is it data I can't remember but they're talking about the Bajoran death chant and Rose like yes not the death chant yeah it's data and wharf yeah <laughs> yeah and data's like it's like eight hours long or something um he's like uh we shouldn't do that probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> And so then but the, celebrating the honored dead gives Data the idea. Which which is great. And uh, I mean, Irish wakes are like this too, where it's yeah. just a big party and that's mm-hmm. what Klingons do. And yeah. um, I I loved it, but I did not like Riker joining with the band. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that he had an instrument on him. Okay, like, that was so shocking. <laughs> He like pulled the trombone out of his album somewhere, you know? (laughs) Well, and this is why Lower Decks makes so much fun of it, like every time he's on the screen, because like he literally does just pull his trombone and just starts playing. Um, And he says before this, quote, I've never been to a better funeral. (laughs) Then he just starts playing. He has this weird smile on his face. I don't know. He didn't even ask the band. Like, he's just like, here we go. And yeah. That's how he grieves through through, through trombone. <laughs> through trombone. Yeah, I mean, Troy, as Troy would agree, he had, communicates the best with his trombone. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and you know, I just really think that Data puts the fun in funeral, so Ooh. he really did it. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how I feel. <laughs> that's what we should put on data's gravestone (laughs) he really put the fun fun in funeral funeral. (laughs) anyway um yeah we don't get we don't get the Riker eulogy and i'm so mad about this like i really wanted to know what Riker was gonna say about roe and roe did too obviously and data did get to say some beautiful things but 
it was again like cut short like i feel like in tos they get all this time to have big emotions and speeches in between crisis crises crises Mm -hmm. (laughs) um in between each crisis but here tng they're just like keep go 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 and i think that is sort of the crew's way of doing it you know like i mean it is similar to tholian web how they had a quick funeral like in the middle of all the chaos they had like a after right about right when they were about to go to warp <laughs> um so it's just same in this episode right before they go to warp they yeah. have a quick funeral <laughs> yeah yeah rihanna i was thinking that and also just in general the next generation does of course have episodes that make you very emotional but i feel like it's not because the characters themselves are being emotional it's because of the situation mm-hmm. yeah and we like just as a show it can be rather cold um Mm -hmm. i've always thought this i don't think it makes it a lesser show in any way but in episodes like this it's really telling i think also it gives really good insight on to how the crew has to move on and move Mm -hmm. on quickly in these circumstances and and that they've lost so many people i feel like it would like being on the enterprise or being on any kind of ship like that that's always in danger it would just make me think like someone's gonna die like we're, we're a lot of people are gonna die and sometimes it might be my best friend you know yeah like that's a tough mentality to have Oof. yeah and i think that definitely this era of starfleet is more hardened to that than tos was and so every death was felt like so keenly in tos that it it was very emotional and then here it's like well we've been in starfleet for quite a while we know the drill, which is almost worse that they're used to it, you know, that they have to feel quickly and like compartmentalize to get through it. Because this is, you know, kind of what this episode is, is just like they compartmentalize these very emotional conversations into like three minute intervals. And then they're back to like, working and everyone's, you know, still seamless and still doing a great job. But I don't know, it's just really interesting to see the difference. Oh, yeah. And I I, I feel like, again, like if I was in this situation, I would be a little upset that no one was like weeping for me, yeah. you know? <laughs> Do you suggest that I roam the halls weeping? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So it's just interesting. Like it, it it's a very Starfleet episode. It, it's mm-hmm. oh, just <laughs> yeah. mwah, chef's kiss. I love this. Oh, I love this one. Especially when uh, we get ghost jordy and roe oh, they're like <laughs> get them coming oh, back i thought it was so great that they they clearly bonded in this episode yes. and they're like holding each other and they're so excited they're like oh my gosh yes, we're coming back yeah yes and then finally when they're like can you see us and they're like yes we can oh i just i love that and the celebration is what always makes these death fake out episodes like 10 times better is the ending and the like euphoria of having that person alive again that you thought you lost especially those two amazing characters and yeah this gives us more time with Roe, which is always excellent and i always would recommend and then also of course jordy gets more time in this episode and it's not like a weird love interest plot it's just him being so <laughs> himself and i love it <laughs> pure laforge pure yeah <laughs> pure energy um <laughs> Okay, so now let's go on to Worf. And his episodes are very mixed. We have some very emotional ones and some very just short quickies. quickies. (laughs) Yeah, quick quick deaths. Yeah. (laughs) And some very quick. 
Um, yeah. So, Rihanna, I think we should talk about the quickest one, which mm-hmm. is in Eye of the Beholder. Yes. Um, so this is late. This is in season seven. And mm-hmm. there's like a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on. Troy has all these visions. Oh, is, yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like having a tough episode. <laughs> well, yeah. So <laughs> this episode is not a very strong TNG one, in my opinion. It's, um, the, sadly, one of the crew of the Enterprise kills themselves in the beginning of the episode, and he apparently also was having these visions, and so it was, like, this entity that was communicating through Troy's empath abilities and everything. So anyway, it accumulates to Worf and Troy having this romance, and... But it turns out it's just in her vision, and so this whole thing took place within, like, two seconds in real time, but for her it was, like, a whole episode. <laughs> um, and so at the end of the episode, Worf uh, is caught kissing this other woman, and they're, like, laughing at her, and so she takes a phaser, boom, kills Worf, <laughs> and, and runs for it. <laughs> yeah. And then she's going to kill herself, and then Worf pulls her back, and he's fine. He's alive, and they're not in love. And he didn't ever kiss that lady. <laughs> yeah. it Like, she had was a Was that reset. a good summary? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a great summary. And I actually, I don't think it's as weak as you're saying. I think there are worse episodes okay. in this season. Um, sure. I I don't mind this one, actually. I think, even though I'm so anti-Troy and Worf, um, yeah. I think this does start the seed of their relationship because Troy totally. has probably never thought about him romantically before. But then after yeah. these, like, intense visions, it happens um and after he saves her life yeah and after she kills him you know like these are all like boom 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 like this is a lot of emotion (laughs) happening in this like especially these two minutes that um where she phasers wharf and he's dead um (laughs) and then she is like pulled out of her trance it's just like two minutes it's amazing literally um but i yeah i mean she was clearly affected by the death because we see her she's running through the hallway she's crying Mm-hmm. And she goes to that, like, energy phase, and she's about yeah. to throw herself into it. And she believes it's the right thing to do. I think that's what she says. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, yeah. like, I know what to do. Which which is what the guy in the beginning said. Yep. Yeah. So, so he had, I think his, like, maternal grandfather was, or would it be paternal? Because <laughs> he's a father. Paternal. Yeah. Um, his, uh, I think his paternal grandfather was from Beta Zet. Um, so he had some telepathic abilities and it must have, and I think what, (laughs) what Troy or Data say, someone explains that some of his like cells, like were Mm. stuck in that beam of light. And so Troy like inhaled them or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So kind of rough, but I'm glad Worf's not dead. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously. Glad Troy didn't kill him. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. I I, I remember watching this and didn't think it was happening because I wasn't even sure what was going on, like, in her visions. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing was a question mark. Yeah. Um, alrighty. Well, so he also has a pretty quick death (laughs) in, um, Hyde and Q. Him and Wesley both have very quick deaths. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, Um, I don't think, if you don't remember this episode, then you'll probably never guess how they die. Because <laughs> uh, I sure didn't um, remember anything about this. But they get stabbed through the chest by some spears from these soldiers from the French Revolution, I believe. 
something like that. Picard knows them instantly when he sees Q in that outfit. He's like, "You are French Admiral," and he's like freaking yeah. out. He's like, "Oh, Commander, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know yet." Yeah. Like, oh sure, goodness. I too know what military clothes looked like four hundred yeah. years ago. Yeah. Okay, John Luke, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So. But this is because Worf, I just think this is such a brave scene. Like, it's a very weird episode, and Riker has Q powers, and all this other stuff is going on. Q is basically and, targeting Riker, That's and then he yeah. makes the crew play a game. That's the plot. Yeah, to stay yeah. alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a whole troop of people coming, or, like, there's a whole group of people, of soldiers just, like, running towards them. And so Worf goes out on his own. And starts fighting everyone. And he's like, knock two of them down. And he has this battle cry, but then he gets stabbed. And Wesley is the only one to follow. Like, he is so brave. No wonder he is a traveler. No like, wonder he dies from that, too. He's a watcher. Yeah. yeah, literally. He literally gets stabbed in the back. I do think that that image of Wesley holding the spear in his, yeah. or the spear in his stomach is, like, the most famous moment yeah. from this episode mm-hmm. um it's something i don't know i just like see it in images a lot um yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense but <laughs> <laughs> no, i understand it's like popular. i don't know it's like a popular yeah. popular poor moment wesley. yeah poor yeah. wesley and so yeah I-, I thought that was one of Worf's weakest moments because Aww. like he was fighting everyone on his own yeah so why was he on his own why did no one else help him he was just That's like not Worf's weakest moment it was everyone else's weakest moment for not helping him no I think Worf should have stayed behind and oh. worked as a that's team not member Worf, though. <laughs> I know you have to kind of that's, like that's not you <laughs> yeah literally uh. um but yeah, it did get him killed, so. WWWD, what would Worf do? <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you do? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so they are revived so quickly because Riker at this point has been given Q powers, like literally Q yeah. powers, and he's been resisting mm-hmm. using them because he doesn't want to, like, play Q's game, essentially. But when this happens, yeah. he yells like, no! Like, war or something. Yeah. Like, he, he really is yelling. Yeah, he's like, we're done here. Or whatever. Yeah. He, like, flings his arm up. And then yeah. everybody goes back to the ship, including Worf and Wesley. And they are alive and fine. Like, They're fine. Nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. So no one really had time to react. I'm glad Crusher wasn't there to see it. Mm. Yeah, That's that would have been bad. Um, the rest but of the episode fine. is, like, really annoying, honestly. Oh, like, yeah, I just kind of skipped through it, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, because <laughs> it's fake-out deaths, and I'm sorry if any of you are offended by Hide and Q, and that's your favorite episode, but I don't yeah. know. I just, like, seeing adult Wesley and, like, Riker being so easily tricked into, yeah, not tricked, like, but so easily convinced to use his Q powers, I thought was really um, out of character. Agreed. It was just early Riker vibes, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shall we move on now to a very sad episode called Ethics? Um, also, very controversially dicey episode. Yeah. Um, but we won't be talking about the ethics of this episode, but we will be talking about the episode ethics. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just first want to throw out there that to me the most unethical part of this whole episode is in the first minute when they're Jordy and Worf are talking about poker 
and Jordy admits that he can see through the cards yeah. when they play poker. That was very unethical, I was Jordy. like, this episode is so unethical. Like, <laughs> you're telling me that they've been playing poker together for all this time, and Jordy has never mentioned that he can see through that the cards. Through. Yeah, and he says, like, well, it's your fault for bringing, like, non, or it's your fault for bringing trans parent cards that can be read by like infrared light or something oh like that like basically by his visor so i just have to throw out that th- that, that was, was very enough that was shady right. dude <laughs> come on jordy you do, you, you do better why isn't he crushing everyone at poker <laughs> why do we always see him fold <laughs> he never has the cards i guess yeah exactly Oh my gosh. Yeah. Highly unethical. I mean, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. to back to the fake out death. <laughs> yeah. So a they're in like a cargo bay storage area um, and a storage container falls on a wharf and paralyzes him from um, the waist down. So his spinal cord was crushed. Not only is his cord, but like yeah. seven vertebrae or something crazy. Like, his yeah. back is destroyed by this. Yeah. And so, if you'll remember the episode in Deep Space Nine with Kern, his brother. Yeah, that's the return of Kern. I was thinking about yeah. that episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the episode. In that Deep Space Nine episode, Kern, Worf's brother, comes onto the station, and he is also injured and can't fight anymore, and so he wants Worf to kill him. Oh, no. He was left in a coma. I think it's Sons of Moog. Um, where he asked for the ritual suicide. Yeah. Similar in this episode, Worf asks Riker for the ritual suicide, and Riker, of course, is very conflicted and has a discussion with Picard. Meanwhile, Beverly Crusher is talking to this scientist who has this experimental spinal infusion thing it's like regenerative like it can regrow bones and like even more than that yeah and in some cases could give him like 90 percent of his mobility back but it has never been successfully tested well it's never even been approved for trial on humans because this doctor keeps like applying for like yeah. this trial to start and Starfleet keeps saying no it's too risky you haven't done enough research mm-hmm. and Crusher is pissed because this scientist Dr. Russell she has offered to Worf because he's so determined to either die or be back to how he was before the accident and yeah. Dr. Russell gives him this hope that, oh, I have this crazy, as Crusher puts it, like magical treatment that mm-hmm. is going to give you back your mobility. Whereas like the safer option is Crusher's method, which mm-hmm. will slowly give him mobility back maybe like 60 or 70%. Mm-hmm. And he'll have the aids of equipment and um, yeah. other things to help him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want anyone to see him. He's so ashamed. He's so stubborn. He doesn't want to hear anything. Even um, Alexander, his yeah, son. Exactly. Yeah. Alexander wants to see him. He doesn't even want him around. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard not to go into the ethics of this. So I'm just going to yeah. try to <laughs> just like keep going over the facts. But yeah. So Crusher is really angry that she even offered this suggestion because what mm-hmm. Worf needs to be doing is coming to terms with his situation and suicide is not the answer no and understanding that like his life hasn't ended yeah and 
shockingly to me, Picard is the one who convinces Crusher that she should actually take the risk and trust Dr. Russell to perform this treatment correctly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very, very interesting choice by Picard. I'm really on the fence about it because yeah. I totally understand his point that Worf is so stubborn that he will never change his mind and he'd mm-hmm. rather take this risk rather than have a life that he hates being surrounded by guards in sick bay while Crusher mm-hmm. treats him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's very dicey, but they end up performing the surgery and Worf does die <laughs> in the surgery. Yeah, Alexander comes in and he's crying and it's a really sad scene yeah oh it's just awful especially like seeing crusher just like crying when she comes out to see troy and alexander Mm -hmm. and seeing how Worf asked troy to be his guardian because his parents are too old to take care of alexander and troy is like fully prepared to take on this duty and it's just like oh my gosh so many things back to back and then Worf's breathing again and dr russell made some hints about it earlier in the episode like oh my gosh these klingon bodies have so many redundancies why are there backups of everything and it turns out that one of these quote-unquote unnecessary redundancies uh was a backup for synaptic function and saved his life (laughs) and now he's a new spine i guess rejuvenated (laughs) one I don't know. It's just, like, wild, and I feel like it's just so sad, that moment of grief they all had to deal with, but I'm glad it was short-lived. This episode really reminds me of Operation Annihilate when Spock is blinded, and then it turns out that Mm -hmm. he has a second eyelid that protected him. Yeah, and this is the same thing. It's like, oh, surprise, the Klingon body has some really awesome features, and so it turns out it's hard to kill Worf. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, okay, question mark. And the lady, like, doesn't go to prison or get fined or anything. No, she's, like, praised. Yeah. 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 Like, you still killed Worf. It's just because he was Klingon. Yeah, like, this treatment wouldn't work. Exactly. Yeah. I really thought that the emotion in this episode was very, very good. And I was very moved. um, Totally. By... Troy and Alexander especially and Crusher yeah. just like what a fantastic duo these women are right yeah a great episode very tough to watch because they do such a good job with the realistic emotions and especially when Riker's like talking to Worf he's trying to talk him out yeah. of it you know just very well done episode I Agreed. thought yeah and one last thing I wanted to add about Picard is I think also he's so entrenched in Klingon culture like Worf is that he really understands more about what Worf is going through and he's really trying to respect his beliefs and that's where Cisco is really different you know like Cisco is like we draw the line that's suicide. so true yeah that's so true anyway that's for another day that's for our ethics series but yes <laughs> anyway I'm glad the fake out was short me and too the last time we see our favorite Klingon go down it is in the episode Transfigurations mm-hmm. and this is a this is a something (laughs) (laughs) something else (laughs) yeah this one's interesting basically there's this guy who was stranded and he was like stuck under a shuttle and um he has amnesia so he doesn't know who he is or what he is or what's going on 
and um dr crusher and honestly the whole crew really developed this great relationship with him because he's a really chill guy but like sometimes he just glows (laughs) man and and he's like healing and glowing and he's got a lot of energy running through him like and Mm -hmm. also his cells are like like multiplying and crusher doesn't know why it's very like mysterious Got a lot going on yeah, yeah there's a lot happening and so at one point his energy is just like spiking off him like all the time mm-hmm. so he's running around and he thinks to protect everyone i'm gonna get back in the shuttle and like yeet out of here in the meantime his like other species like people who know him <laughs> are like contacting the enterprise oh, yeah <laughs> like right, okay yeah. But basically, Worf, a security officer, is trying to stop him from taking the shuttle. And so mm-hmm. Worf's like, I don't want to hurt you. And the guy's like, don't yeah. come any closer. Worf comes closer and he gets spiked by the energy. He oh. falls off like the upper level in the shuttle oh. bay. Like he does like two backflips and falls and dies. And Crusher's like, his neck is broken. That sucks. Like she's calling sick bay. Like maybe we can help him, but yeah. he's, he has no higher brain function. And yeah. then the glowy dude comes down and heals him. And he's fine. <laughs> it's always the glowy dudes that heal at the end, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he did. Poor Worf. I think it shows the dangers of the job being in security. Oh, yeah. You're dying a lot. Well, and Worf is always screaming, getting his butt kicked. Like, Worf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he He definitely has. He takes the brunt of a lot of it. He's the heavy. He's got a lot of action going on. Totally. I think we should move on to your favorite android. (laughs) I think we should. This is, of course, Data. And, oh, (laughs) these episodes are just wild and always. Can we start with the most toys just to get it? Oh, please. Just to get it over with. Just get out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) The most toys, I think, as Lower Decks referred to it, oh, isn't that the dude who tried to collect Data? (laughs) Exactly. And then someone else said a lot of people tried to collect Data, which is true as well. But, um... The shuttle accident in the beginning is the fake out. So we have Data going to fix this device for these. He doesn't know that it's the collector. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like a, a con. He's participating yeah. in on accident. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they fake the explosion. They put just enough debris and metal and like pieces of Data's body in there to make it look like he died or like blew up at the explosion. And then they went and stole data to put him in his collection. So, meanwhile, <laughs> the Enterprise... So we kind of go back and forth in this episode. The Enterprise is grieving, and then Data's trying to escape this collector. Awful guy. He's just so annoying. <laughs> the best parts, of course, are the Enterprise parts. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, this is another example of, I think, the death not really being the important part of this episode, because, once again, Data is killed in the shuttle two minutes into the episode. Yeah. So it's like right before the intro, they focus a lot on the collector. And I it's such a bummer much, because yeah. I love this actor. He's Donnie in Frasier. Yeah. And I thought he was so good in Frasier as Daphne's yeah. like fiance. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoilers for Frasier. <laughs> um, but I actually really liked him and he was really funny. And I think he was probably casted. I'm sh- maybe he likes Star Trek. I'm yeah. not sure, but like he definitely fits that role of someone who's like you know sleazy um Mm -hmm. has a lot of energy level one villain vibes yeah um i think the part i really dislike about this episode is that while data is captured by him he doesn't really try his best to escape i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean 
I think by the time he is trying his best, then that's when Donnie, whatever the collector's name is, is like using other people. He realizes, oh, Data's weakness is is others not himself hurting, yeah. but yeah, others dying because of him. I just really thought, obviously, like Data tried to open the doors, he couldn't, yeah, because um, they're DNA encoded or something, yeah. um, and. So why couldn't he just like stand by the door, wait for Donnie to come in, and like Kirk chopping? You know, like I just really think he could have gotten out of this a lot sooner because easily. You've seen him take over the Enterprise in like three minutes before. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So kind of underutilized himself. Um, Agreed. And also on the Enterprise, they were really shaken by his death, and immediately after the shuttle explodes, like Picard is furious which yeah. I love to see because we mm-hmm. don't get to see Picard angry a lot except when he's mm. like smashing his ships, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. father. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's just so not sad. Good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Sorry, he is actually, he is angry a lot, he but I like, I, yeah. I like to yeah. see him angry about his crew. <laughs> Agreed. And poor little Worf, sad data. At the beginning, yeah. I was like, oh, hateful. So sad. Yeah. And I think everyone does great acting here because it seems like the whole crew is very tense but trying to stay cool and professional because this is what Picard does. And so they all sort of follow his lead. They're like, okay, well, we'll do this later, you know? And so then they do. Like, I love the scene where Jordy and Wesley are going through Data's things. And Jordy's saying, like, I always thought he'd outlive us. And he's looking at Data's paintings, his violin. And I just love that because, like, it's showing how much that objects are attached to people. We think about people when we look at things that we love. And I thought about Data when I looked at his paintings and violin. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so painful. Especially the audience knowing they're alive. And the character's not. Because I just want to, like, reassure Jordy. Because he's really struggling in this episode. Like, as much as Data struggled, you know, with Jordy's death, Jordy is now feeling this. And he keeps going over and over in his mind and he says he imagines like he's sitting next to data you know when he's thinking through this like he's sitting in the shuttle with him before it exploded and listening to the playback and everything i just i love again we're talking about jordy's tenacity to figure out a situation yeah i feel like jordy is often put in these positions where something really unusual is going on like (laughs) extremely unusual yeah i mean i'm thinking about the episode like with his mom where he thought his mom was alive Mm -hmm. um yeah he's put in these situations a lot where he's being forced to prove himself or prove that he's right and so even though like he's hot on the trail about like trying to figure out what happened to data but Mm -hmm. in the end everyone around him is convincing him like no jordy you have to move on like yeah, it's weird, but Jordy at the end with mm-hmm. the different recordings from each shuttle pay docking, um, mm-hmm. he doesn't even bring it up to Picard because I think yeah. at that point he's like, well, there's no point. But as soon as, you know, the Enterprise is at the place where they're supposed to go and they start realizing, oh my gosh, you know, none of this is actually making sense. Data must be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, then Jordy's able to figure it out immediately. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I really love too that Wesley is there with Jordy. So they can comfort each other because I think Data and Jordy sort of adopted Wesley, you know, like his, and so one of his space dads is gone. And so he's like helping Jordy through it. And it's just really cool to see that Wesley isn't alone during this time either. And Jordy's making sure of that too. I totally agree. Yeah, that scene of them in the quarters is really sweet mm-hmm. and really moving. 
I also yeah. know that for Picard, they like just watched this episode and they took all of Data yeah. stuff and set it in the future. So yeah. thank you, writers, for tying all that in. Literally. Yeah, and I love, too, that the page that Data was reading in Hamlet was, quote, he was a man, take it for all in all, I shall not look at his like again. This is when he's talking about his father dying, Hamlet is, and I think he's sort of implying, like, I won't look at a man as great as him again. And then, of course, Picard's reading this about Data, and then I'm thinking about Data, Data's death in the movies, and it's just all getting very emotional. So I thought that was a really cool tie-in they did for... Shakespeare, as they always love to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool, Rihanna. Um, there's a lot of Shakespeare in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I think, too, the scene where Worf and Picard are talking, and Worf is essentially saying, like, you're promoted to Data's position at the helm. Yeah. Yeah. And Worf is fine to take up the role, but Troy and Worf have a talk about like Klingon ships and how Worf keeps replacing dead crewmates, you know, first with Yar and then with Data. And so I do wonder like how that affects him. You know, he's, that is the Klingon mentality, but he's not on a Klingon ship and Data is really, was a good friend. And he, I think had, even in this time period, had a a bit of a kinship with him and Yar too. And so I just think it's so sad too when Picard starts by saying like Mr. Data and then he corrects himself and he says like Mr. Wolf sorry and it's just ow it's painful because those kind of things you don't get used to right away when someone's gone and I like that they added that in. Yes I think that whole scene is done so well Mm -hmm. and I really love Troy's inclusion in this episode because Worf is a character that we don't think about who needs a lot of support But in this type of situation, I think that's exactly the right time to intervene and say, totally, oh my gosh, like this is the second crew member you've taken over for because they passed away. That's really hard. So I'm glad she brought that up. And uh, I'm glad that they do end up figuring out what's going on. I think Data would have escaped if you gave him like another 10 minutes. Yeah, (laughs) Um, he was almost there. Bavaria died helping him escape. And he was going to shoot him shoot donnie right in the face he was I mean, ready donnie's so awful um he he talks about varia he he says i met you when you were almost a child so yeah. that suggests Oof. you know like something mm-hmm. really creepy <laughs> yeah. so yeah i i'm glad he got what he deserved um yeah in this episode and that data was he fine yeah. yeah and i kind of love that data lies Mm-hmm. even though it's completely out of character mm-hmm. i think that this really got to him being a toy for this guy's pleasure yeah. and seeing varia die but Data was you know not what happy. really effed with me was the fact that we were there was no reunion scene we were robbed we didn't get to see any sort of geordie being ecstatic wesley being excited picard giving a firm handshake wharf <laughs> celebrating i don't know i just wanted to see anything and we didn't get anything yeah that is a real bummer um yeah <laughs> I, I yeah so many tng episodes especially like kind of early ones like that although this one's mm-hmm. not that early um yeah, yeah a lot of tng episodes i just wish they had prioritized different things Agreed. <laughs> over some others over some so plot yeah. shenanigans yeah mm-hmm. agreed um so yeah to thine own self yeah to thine own self okay this a is... shakespeare reference within the episode title <laughs> already not surprised that's how yep. they do it 
Um, this this was an interesting one. I feel like this is like the core of Star Trek, you know, where someone goes to a planet that's kind of old timey yeah. and yep. they have to fit <laughs> <Pretty> in. <industrial. laughs> yeah. yep. And then the smart character has to make stuff out of the technology they have. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. But this time... Data lost his memory. Yeah, this is the little TNG uh, cherry swirl on the top yeah. <laughs> of the TOS To make plot, this one yeah. different and also not mm-hmm. interlight. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> You're so right. Actually, it's kind of like interlight. Is... Yeah. Oh, yeah. They both lost their memory. Whoops. It's fine. <laughs> That's cool. I love it. The Data doesn't play um, an instrument in this one, so. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Um, but they do call him Jaden, and I think that's the worst tragedy of this whole episode. Wow. Shade on Jaden. I'm sorry. Wow. You don't like it on Data or you just don't like Jaden as a name? I just don't like it on Data. Wow. Okay. It's so different. So hip. So modern. (laughs) Yeah. Too hip and modern for your Data, I guess. (laughs) But anyway, it just throws me off every time they're like, Jaden. I'm like, who? (laughs) So Data, basically his mission on this planet was to like transport some rocks down. Yeah. And I don't know what he was going to do with them. <laughs> do you no, know? Okay. He had irradiated rocks. Um, I think they were going to fuel the Enterprise or something. No one knew what radiation meant, so they all got irradiated. Because <laughs> well, none of them could read English, and Data yeah. forgot English. So he's no, just speaking Data the language that... Well, he can read it, but he doesn't know what it means. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he... Yeah, he couldn't explain to the villagers, because he didn't understand what radioactive yeah. meant. It's really... I Yeah, I mean, I... I think what I like about this episode is Brent Spiner's acting as yeah. like anytime Data's with anyone, he can make them fall in love with him, you know? I know right? And especially he ha- definitely has an affinity to children. So it was nice to totally. see them form it, see him form this connection. One thing that I really was missing in this episode though, mm-hmm. was any trips to the Enterprise at yeah literally i was like are we seriously gonna do this whole episode with data like it was like there was no b plot it was all data and then we just see Riker and crusher come down at the end in like undercover disguises to look like the civilization yeah it made me wonder if this was like everyone's week off and they only needed like three people on set to film and they're like we're gonna make a really long data episode yeah and they're like here we go he's going undercover he forgot who he was I guess they just really wanted to put us there, like, really not remind... But I just wanted them to look for Data, because the build-up was weird. It was like, here's his grave, because he got stabbed in the back while trying to save the villagers. And the girl says they killed him because they were afraid of him. Yeah. And, and yeah. maybe when this episode premiered, it was like, oh, like it hit you. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, Data was just trying to save him. Like, maybe I shouldn't yeah. stab the local stranger who comes into my town, you know? <laughs> Like, I just, yeah, it just feels like an overdone kind of Star Trek trope. And so, yeah, it was a strange buildup. It kind of reminded me of Beauty and the Beast, you know, like literal pitchforks. Um, Totally agree. I didn't think that Data was dead. (laughs) No. Yeah. Never. Even though it was late late in the episode, I didn't think so. Especially because he's an android. It's harder to believe that he's dead because he can be repaired. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. He just had to wait, like, buried underground for a bit for someone to come and put turn him back on. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what happened. So, once yeah. again, no reunion part, but that's fine. No. But, you know, him being buried underground, waiting for someone to activate him, really reminds me of another episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that, Great of one. course, is Time's Arrow. <laughs> just part one, folks. <laughs> I think I did... 
end up watching the ending too mm-hmm. because that's okay. how they it's like the resolution oh yeah the but, full circle yeah full circle but essentially i mean this is a classic infamously so yeah um basically the whole point of the episode is that or basically uh the enterprise is brought back to earth because of a shocking revelation um (laughs) that there had there was proof of alien residency on earth 500 years ago and one one piece of evidence is data's head in a cave (laughs) yes beautiful of course and it's interfering with the phase converters so they had to check it out and they said oh my gosh data's head I love that this guy really buries the lead who's showing them the head. He's, like, talking about everything else. Like, oh, yeah, we got a power signal block, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and here's Data's head. And I'm just like, wait, say what? Like, why didn't you lead with that? Well, and but... he's showing him. He's like, here's this watch that we found. You scan yeah, it. You, I'm like, you like, see the particles. And it's like, but there's a head on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> like, right there. Yeah, and so everyone starts losing their mind a little bit. Understandably, yes. this is shaking yes. the whole crew to its core as Troy says yeah and I was really surprised by that and like pretty moved to see it too because I feel like Data is very unassuming in his relationship Mm -hmm. with people um obviously he has close friendships but Mm -hmm. he's just so polite to everyone and he's really become such an important part of the crew that nobody likes the thought of him not being around anymore and I love the conversation that Data and Jordy have in 10 Forward because Jordy yes. is really shaken by this. He's having yes. flashbacks from the most toys, you know. He's totally. like, I can't go through Not this again. again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Data is actually kind of like glad to know that he has an ending. Like he is mortal and it reminds me of The Good Place, which is a spoiler for The Good Place, where like once they've actually created The Good Place, no one is happy there because there's no Mm -hmm. end. And that is such an important part of living is knowing that at any time it could be taken away from you and your your circumstances could change. And that's really scary, but also makes life all that sweeter because you have Mm -hmm. to cherish the moments that you have. And Data is definitely cherishing the moments because <laughs> la 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 Cherish la la <laughs> he's channeling cheetah girls and he's cherishing totally. the moment um <laughs> i feel like none of our listeners will understand that reference Do I, like i don't know anyone my age anyone our age who watches star <laughs> trek to this podcast. but if you have seen cheetah girls 2 the like extended Shout edition out. with that music video this is for it's you. It's really good. Cherish the, the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So for Data, it's like the every, he's having the opposite reaction of everybody else. Yeah. And I think that's a just great thing to add to mm-hmm. his character. The thing that's really interesting about the end of this episode is that, of course, it's a death fake out. Like, Data's mm-hmm. fine. He ends yeah. up really needing that head when his head, like, yeah. they, they go back in time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're hanging out with Guinan and Mark Twain, and Mark Twain's just sure. being a nuisance. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's yeah. like, rah, rah, rah. He's like, <laughs> so loud. And then they're, like, attacking the snake people, or the snake people <laughs> are attacking them yeah, with the, the crazy me. staff. And mm-hmm. um, Data's head gets blown off. And of course, that's the one that stays in the cave. But mm-hmm. then when they go back to the future, LOL, Jordy <laughs> is able to use the head that's been in the cave for 500 years and reattach it and get it going with Perfect. a message from Picard. It's very intense. Yeah. But yeah. to Data's point about him being mortal and him having an end, 
they don't talk about it at all, but all of that is completely erased because he ends up living through it. But I also do think that this reminds me of Pike's situation in Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. and just Pike as a character, knowing yeah. his fate, knowing that he's going to have this accident, he thinks is the end of his life. But yeah. really, it's just the start of a different type of life. Not exactly the same, but it's a similar mm-hmm. thing with Data where he perceives it to be the end of his life, but really it's just... He didn't understand the circumstances. Yeah. The head was going to be <laughs> attached. His head's just like 500 years older than the rest of his body. Yeah. You know, normal. Worf has a new spine. We've got some changes here. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that Picard and Riker's discussion they have about facing Data's mortality and everything, Riker is just very adamant, like, not if we can help it. Like, he doesn't even want to believe it. Full denial stage. And Picard says, I wish I could be as dispassionate about the implications as my second officer. You know, and I I love that because he's even admitting to Data, like, I wish I could look at your head and not feel emotions about it, you know? Yeah. Um, Everyone's, like, staring sadly at him in the corridors and Picard's just, like, looking at him and... Well, like Troy said, it's like someone you know really well getting, like, a terminal illness diagnosis. Yeah. It's really hard. It's almost, like, harder on the people around them because Mm -hmm. they don't know how to act around Data and everyone stops talking when he's around. So it's it's a tough time for the crew. Yeah, and I think, too, it's the crew facing their own mortality again because obviously, like, death brings that back around for you, especially Data who seems unkillable you know mm-hmm. that's that's scary exactly again this death fake out is so different from yeah, all the other ahead. ones we've had <laughs> because we had warning that data was gonna die <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and but it's also then he wasn't yeah it's dead. more like a like he never actually died but yeah. like the crew was death faked out <laughs> <laughs> you're so right wow i love that Something else that the crew really experienced together and all had their own death fake out was mm-hmm. in cause and effect. Cause and effect. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. 17.4 days of death fake outs. That's so many deaths. That's 17.4 <laughs> deaths. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess times the crew. <laughs> yeah. Times a thousand. <laughs> I know. Poor, poor crew. At least it's quick, I guess, is the only mercy of this awful time loop. But it also makes for a fascinating episode and one of the, like, most incredible ones. I think this one is so well done. And it does have me on the edge of my seat the whole time. I do, like, remember the first time watching this episode. Yes. Same, same. This is one of my favorite ones as well. I think because it's the puzzle that you're trying to figure out and the crew is trying to figure it out too and it really showcases their amazing communication and teamwork and also their trust in each other to say Mm -hmm. okay it's not just like beverly who doesn't feel right which was the case in uh, remember (laughs) Remember Me, me where just one person feels like she's going crazy this was the whole crew all experiencing deja vu together all thinking, oh, like, I can name all the cards in this deck. And also I feel like any type of repetition episodes like that are really interesting because it's just so different. Yeah, and you get to see the subtle changes each repetition, you know, and I think that that's always really cool. And yeah, it's like a an episode type that I never get tired of because I think it's always done differently and well. Um, and I love that, like, she's 
pressure is constantly breaking her glass and that sort of indicates like a failure of like this one is also gonna not work or something you know especially when at one point it's over the comms they hear it and Jordy's <laughs> like are you okay Dr. Crusher yeah and yeah and she's like I'm fine <laughs> I'm like oh <laughs> man like she's she's like oh, she's just, like I still I die again. this damn glass yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's amazing how they figure it out. They have mm-hmm. a meeting. They have several meetings in a row yes. <laughs> uh, that they don't remember about this. And what ends up working, like the critical moment is when the old ship that's carrying Fraser. <laughs> that's the literal greatest way to describe it, Ashlyn. <laughs> We see Frasier flying up to them 17.4 times. Um, (laughs) And each time, except for one, um, Picard goes with Data's suggestion to lock onto the ship with the tractor beam and try to push it out of the way. But this fails every single time. And so what Picard should have done was listen to Riker, who said... Yeah, decompress shuttle bay one. Thank you. Exactly. Basically, suck everything out of it, so then that would give them enough momentum to get out of the way because they're yeah. everything's offline; they can't move. Mm-hmm. And every time, Picard just trusts Data more than Riker, and I was like, "This is yeah. kind of a burn for Riker." I know, and it's Riker's first option, but then Data suggests a second one, mm-hmm. and they only have thirty-four seconds. I'm like, just take your first option. Well, and this, I mean, it really tells you how hard it is to be a, a captain because you have to make mm-hmm. these split decisions. Luckily, yeah. Picard was, was wrong every time, but they were caught in this loop. So yeah. if they were going to figure out a way to escape it, they had to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so Data, like in the final run, <laughs> where they're like, hey, we, hopefully we get this right, the cards are completely different because Data, like, stacked the deck and didn't know. And threes everywhere. Yeah, there's a bunch of threes showing up in the ship, um, just, like, weird coincidences at the crucial moment when they each give the option about what to do because here comes Fraser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, then Data looks over and he sees Riker's three pips. And he's mm-hmm. like, I should decompress the shuttle bay. That Listen works. to my commander. Yeah. Then. They get out of the situation. They're out of the loop. And they finally get to see Frasier in person. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and not just crashing into Frasier. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite cameos of all time. Because it's like two Fantastic. minutes long. And he's just like, hello. <laughs> and he's in like the bibs from the TOS movies. And I'm like, oh my god. Yes. And, and we get a fake out. Like a time fake out. Because I think they're trying to build up to us like how long were they in the causality loop like are we gonna talk to some starfleet who has like different uniforms as well but no it was only 17.4 days am so. i fraser you know yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. what's fraser inside of us all along <laughs> so oh, anyway God, yeah i i just fantastic episode yeah. you should watch it anytime you want yeah. to because it's so good even like even though i just saw it i'm ready to go I again, watch it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and i will watch them play the same card game like 20 more times oh by <laughs> oh man by the like third or fourth run i was like mm-hmm. seven ace five yeah. like i had the whole like, scene memorized <laughs> pair of ladies oh them. yeah exactly anyway well so i think we should move on something really interesting about the tng death fake outs compared to tos Mm -hmm. for me is that a lot of these episodes have been 
really subpar in my opinion yeah normally when we do a series like this the episodes that we tend to choose that go along with the theme are some of the best ones and i'm left feeling like oh my gosh like star trek is just my soulmate i love tng especially because i think it's one of my it's hard you know ask me a different day Mm -hmm. i'll say something else but right now next generation is my favorite show and Mm -hmm. so if this death fake out series was kind of tough to get through because there were so many annoying and weird episodes (laughs) and i think it speaks to how they're using the plot the death fake out Mm -hmm. plot you know when they're using it cheaply it's most of it is just literally plot yeah like like just to get you to feel like one emotion or like a shock Mm -hmm. factor and then everything's fine in the literal next minute in in most of these cases literally um and so i feel like that really has brought down a lot of these episodes for me then with tos almost every single one besides like shore leave was Mm -hmm. really impactful and emotional because it wasn't used as gimmicky as next generation is using Mm -hmm. it and so i just want to point that out and then agree and then i want to talk about tapestry because the exception (laughs) it's it's one of the exceptions i mean i i think we've talked about a couple episodes so far that do really hit home and you really feel that death strongly but tapestry is one of the best episodes of next generation yeah and i think it's one of the most beautifully sewn (laughs) plots that we have in this episode so rihanna do you want to talk about like how picard dies in this first minute (laughs) yeah of course so they're down on this planet he gets hit in the artificial heart or something or a, a artery nearby and it causes it to disrupt the like connections in the artificial heart and so they beam him to to sick bay but he's pretty much in like cardiac arrest his heart is like not keeping him alive anymore so then world goes white here comes q and he says welcome to the afterlife john luke you're dead <laughs> so that's the first five minutes of this episode <laughs> they have this sort of run in behind this beautiful white green screen thing this white void and i love that picard is just like immediately ready to oh, what's the throw word down <laughs> roast yeah <laughs> is immediately ready to roast q he's like and i refuse to believe that the afterlife is run by you the universe is not so badly designed oh my gosh rihanna i wrote down that quote because i wanted to say it and you just said it word for word (laughs) i'm so sorry no i I was impressed i was waiting for you to like miss a word i was gonna correct you but i was like no no no, she's got it let her fly (laughs) i wrote it down too don't worry oh yeah this is just such a great start to the episode because i think for me it was really shocking and then when i saw q i knew he wouldn't die but i knew something crazy was about to happen like once you see q you're like okay buckle up yeah well and i think with these later q episodes the stakes are increasingly higher when mm-hmm. we first meet him it's very like you know like uh, what a bother yeah, <laughs> yeah he's kind of annoying but q we've been getting more and more depth from him every time he mm-hmm. appears and this time he is here to help picard and he uses his death at the beginning of this episode to kind of christmas carol him (laughs) not really but like put him back in time and give Mm -hmm. him a chance to redo his life 
I for me, I mean, that sounds like a Picard season two plot. I know. I, yeah, I was like, this is the the like primer. If you're about ready to start season two Picard, just rewatch Tapestry, and you'll feel Literally. really prepared. Literally, um, I was particularly shaken by the opening of this episode because we rarely see Picard injured. It's yeah. very rare because he's not running down on the planet all the time mm-hmm. he's up in his ship he's very like non-physical fighting type person he's not totally. like getting into sword fights all the time just fencing fights yeah. and <laughs> so to see him like dead looking really rough like looking bad mm-hmm. on the table seeing everyone around him start to freak out yeah and also again like i like i always say he's my favorite like i love picard and so it's just shocking to see him dead like this and then totally just like what you said like once we see q appear i just have no idea what to expect so Mm -hmm. i i'm so happy that this plot exists because it does give picard a chance to reflect on his past what essentially like drives this whole plot is picard says if he could change anything if he has any regrets it's how he used to behave as a youth and he finds that once he actually acts differently, like the way that he wants to, mm-hmm. the tapestry of his life begins to unravel and he is not the person that he wanted to be. Yeah, mainly because of his actions in his youth and because of the way that he dove into things headfirst and that gave him the this, this strength and the courage to be the captain that he is today. And yeah, I think that is the coolest part of this episode and I love that Q is taking him on this journey because this is so like Q and again I have to harken back to Picard season two like I love that this is sort of Q's first introduction of like let's tap into a little bit of his past let's do this first one and then later we'll tackle the bigger ones (laughs) you know like he's slowly chipping away at Picard's really tough exterior and I think that yes he's like annoying in this episode to Picard but to me I'm sort of just like laughing you know and he's like is there a Jean Luck Picard here (laughs) (laughs) and I just love the way that he's like making little comments like oh wow so responsible Jean-Luc or whatever and then of course when everything falls apart and he doesn't fight the Nausicaan and he's then transported back to his now present day which is him just as a junior grade lieutenant this is such an interesting twist in the episode that I love and what really makes it stand out for me is one seeing Picard in a blue shirt is epic but also then getting to see his completely different life just based on how you know you get stabbed in the heart your life changes <laughs> clearly yeah, in more than one way besides mm-hmm. just having the artificial heart yeah yeah um i also just want to go back just real quick to the beginning of the episode where q conjures up an image of his father and yeah. his father is saying how disappointed he is in him mm-hmm. and how you wasted your life and how starfleet was a terrible decision this is like the only vision of his dad that we get i think in all of next generation is that correct yeah we think that's correct at this point we know so little about his parents we've seen also a vision of his mother Mm. and that's it so i thought that q bringing this image to him q was trying to inspire some remorse or some emotion in picard by doing this but then right after that he plays the voices of all the people that have died under picard's command Mm -hmm. and again like trying to get some guilt out of him or trying to spark something in him and picard's like i'm not gonna play this game with you like i'm not gonna give some eulogy to all these people because Mm -hmm. if i go back on the past and think about those people i've killed like 
I mean, he doesn't say this, but I'm imagining he's thinking, yeah. how, how can I go on? How can I continue to be a functional captain if I'm ruined by all these people who have died because of my orders? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things you have to sacrifice when becoming captain. And I do love that beginning scene because Picard does stay steadfast until they show the scene of, he literally shows Picard his artificial heart and then shows him getting stabbed and Picard laughing and everything. And which is just so iconic and I love then his immediate transportation again back into the the bib era of the uniforms yes once again love it (laughs) Fraser would have been proud (laughs) (laughs) I um I also noticed that Picard like the thing he was particularly having regret about was how when he was a younger kid in Starfleet as a cadet and an ensign uh, he was acting more like Q and Picard says mm. this and then Q catches on to that immediately um, mm-hmm. and so I, I really think that also gives you insight about why Picard hates Q so much because he reminds yeah. him of who he used to be that young immature child who would take on three Nausicans by himself totally. without using his brain yeah so I thought that was really interesting too because we're still yes. getting some insight on the Q-Picard relationship even though we're really examining Picard's life in this one. Wow, Ashlyn, I really love that. I hadn't really thought of that, but it's so true. He gets so irritated instantly when he sees Q doing stuff that he would do. And um, I love that, though, that, that inspires an irritation in Picard and inspires, like, awe and, and like, excitement in Riker. Because at the end of the episode, he was like, I would have loved to see Jean-Luc Picard in his Academy days. I'd love that Riker respects Picard's past and respects him more for it, you know? To know that he has this path and became the man he did is even more impressive. And of course, that's the lesson that Q is teaching him. And I love that Picard is humble enough, I mean, not to say it to Q's face, but he says it to Riker that I owe him a debt of gratitude, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that that's really cool. He really respects that journey that Q took him on and he saved his life. Yeah. Well, and I love that ending scene. Honestly, the last five minutes of this episode are just amazing, too. Phenomenal. And just, again, like, Patrick Stewart is so amazing because yeah. when Q gives him one last chance because he's like, oh, Picard's like, oh, my gosh, I made a huge mistake. This was a terrible yeah. idea. I would rather die the man I was than live the life I just saw. Wow. Like, that's such passion. And, you know, mm-hmm. he he doesn't, yeah, it's just, that says it all. Um, and yeah. so then Picard is able to go back and he gets stabbed in the heart by the Nosskins. And this time when he laughs, it makes sense, you know, to yeah. his character. Mm-hmm. And it gives that extra, like, wow, how far we've come, you know, that he's mm-hmm. making the same choice, but for different reasons. Oh, and yes. um, and then when he's coming back to life in sick bay, he's laughing and he's smiling yes. and everyone's like, what? <laughs> like, oh, why? Yeah. But it, it just is so amazing to see like Picard really did change with this mm-hmm. time in queue or not even change, but he was just reminded about how lucky and happy he is to have worked so hard in his life and that it's important to have that side of yourself to fuel you and to propel you forward. Oh, absolutely especially being a captain and i think it's really cool i i love the fact that he's like laughing you know as as he's alive again too i think it was also the appreciation of like wow i made the same choices and i am alive for it exactly this time around exactly. you know so yeah. it's like that gratitude as well so cool well and then like you said it it helps him become closer to Riker because mm-hmm. he's telling him all these old stories and oh 
one. I wanted to hear the oh stories. Oh my gosh. I hate they cut like, it off. Why? I would listen to a yeah. podcast of Picard telling stories to Riker. <laughs> yes. That's it. That's all I oh need. Oh my God, please. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, oh, and I yeah. think Picard like never gets a chance to kind of mm-hmm. like talk about the old days. He's so yeah. focused and so serious. He's so future focused, you know. To me. Not very reminiscent. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and to me it's like being in college, like I, I didn't party a lot, but like I like partying and Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of like really good friends that like we always had great parties with and when you get with other people who weren't with you from your college days and they're talking about their college days you're like oh my gosh well I did this crazy thing (laughs) because it's this it's this time in your life that is in most cases like being you know a 20 something um, mm-hmm. is when we're all going through this like crazy time. And so I feel like Picard like never gets to tell those stories because he's the captain totally. and because he has to keep this face. He doesn't have the same personality as Kirk or Pike who would tell those stories about them totally. doing something really crazy, you know? Yeah, his rapport with the crew is very different, you know? And it doesn't mean it's... It, it's still this like family and it's still very tight-knit, but in these different, more professional ways. And... I feel like, yeah, I love that Riker is that person for him. And I love, too, that Q reminds Picard that he says, like, this Picard, the one who's lieutenant junior grade, never had a brush with death and learned to play it safe. And I just love that Q is teaching all of us that, like, death can teach us to live, you know? And that's why Data had a party funeral for Geordi and Roe, because, like, it reminded everyone else that we have to keep living before the moment comes and I don't know I like that there's the TNG sort of imparting these ideas for us in these fake out episodes and yeah. you you know yeah. he's just killing it <laughs> and I didn't really expect that from the death yeah. takeout episodes yeah I just love TNG and I loved watching these episodes same it's just magical before we wrap up today I do want to shout out a couple of people we want to give a special thank you to Gadara. I hope I'm saying that right, for becoming a patron of the podcast. So thank you so much. We are so happy and delighted by your pledge of support. And then I also just want to shout out Shattered Worlds RPG on Twitter because they have been just destroying the Love and Affection series and listening to that. And then also listening along to our Patreon episodes and pointing out the Mustache Scotty. In, yes. um, in the amazing animated series, which has been yes. a long running theme in that in those podcasts. So um, just thank you for enjoying the pod. It really makes our day uh, when we have wonderful fans like you and truly it's like all of you. I'm just yeah, I'm so thankful for our listeners and I'm so thankful for Star Trek to be giving us all of this wonderful content. And I'm so thankful for you, Rihanna, too, because no yes. matter what we're talking about, it's always fun we're always going to laugh about the blind ghost with clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you, Ashlyn. And I can't wait to talk Deep Space Nine death fake outs with you next week. Oh, and we will have a special guest. So get ready. Everyone be prepared. That's not a hint (laughs) for the guest, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the third episode of our Death Fakeout series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss the crazy death fakeouts in Deep Space Nine. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our contents on Tumblr, TikTok, 
and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive reviews of Lower Decks, the animated series, Galaxy Quest, and Star Trek Trivia. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, and feminism. Social media and marketing is by me, Ashlyn Gelman, and Rihanna Hurd. Editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and our outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> I knew she <laughs> got It's not at all the same, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go for it.